me tell you about my hometown, Esteli, Nicaragua. The city of Esteli is a world full of colors that match the spirit of my people. The walls of Esteli are brightly painted with colorful graffiti, and the humble homes are close together like our tight-knit community. This was captured by Doug Diaz and Soul Culture Studios, and now is display on this beautiful box. Nica Rustica brand featured El Brujito, the official symbol of the city of Esteli. El Brujito is a petroglyph that was found in a rock over 6,000 years ago, and it is a symbol of pride for every Esteliano. Nica Rustica Dove is a unique, unpolished Habano experience, and we are super excited for you to try it. Nica Rustica Dove, from our house to yours. Flavor Odyssey is brought to you by Drew Estate, the rebirth of cigars, and Smoke In Cigars, voted number one in selection and customer service. A Flavor Odyssey. And now from Cigar Dojo Studio Lot B, your hosts, Robbie Raz and Randy Griggs. And the Odyssey continues. What's up, Dojo Nation? Welcome to another episode of Flavor Odyssey. I'm your host, Robbie Raz. It's our co-host, Randy Griggs, coming to you live from Lot B. And a sweltering, Randy, sweltering Crystal Lake Studios. Uh, it is, I'm going to tell you what, boys, it's getting toasty. Um... We skipped spring, went right into summer. It's like 90 degrees, and I don't Oof. like it. But how are you doing, Randy? It's good to see you. Well, it's 72 degrees here at my house, and I still am in my office with the air conditioner on. Uh, so I, I feel for you. Um, oh, you know what? I, I, I have some housekeeping real quick before you actually start the show. I'd like to uh, give Do a I personal on-air shout-out to my amazing wonderful fabulous friend on his birthday hall of famer kevin acuff it's his birthday it's today his birthday? guys can, can can we can you give me a round of applause happy birthday kevin happy it's actually birthday. kevin acorn what did i say last week kevin acorn is that what I said? Yeah, that's what you said. Okay. I miss one show, and all of a sudden, you're you're baptizing my friends with new yeah. names. Yeah, everybody's exactly. got. Every, it was it was an intense show. There was all kinds of baptism. Randy, uh, Ran- Randy Haricorn uh, is another yeah, one. It's it's yeah. It, it, you it guys actually happened. did a rename our audience segment. Or Everyone, no, Jordan. With Jordan just now. screwed up, and we like to point it out. You know, Bill ah. Power, Bill Powercorn. <laughs> oh, like that. That's pretty good. Yeah, that's strong. It's kind of, kind of oh, like a, a good bit of a porn name for for yeah. you know, <laughs> <laughs> corn corn uh, on, name. On, it corn? On, on, on that on that note, everybody, go ahead and share the show. Uh, if you're watching, no, live we on got Facebook, that out that, of the way. Now you yeah, can share it. <laughs> yeah, hit that share button if you're watching on the YouTube. Go ahead, like this video, subscribe, hit that little bell button, whatever the hell that does. We really appreciate it. Uh, you're listening on uh, podcasts, audio only. Uh, you know, sometimes I don't blame you because we are not the best to look at. But sometimes you miss out on some really cool stuff. 
Like mm. Randy, make, like just like that. Randy's expression right there was pretty funny, and you, you missed out. Bro. On that. Uh, but Bro, um, I can't believe you, you, you put your own like self de- uh, deprecation like 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 on you. Uh, it's on, group on deprecation. All of us. De- deprecation. Deprecation. Group. Whoa. <laughs> See now it's getting it's getting weird. I already said, I already said to to share the show. But uh, again, thank you for uh, downloading uh, wherever you're bo- downloading this podcast. Go ahead, give us a rating, five stars. We love it. Really appreciate it. Uh, that helps people find the show. Helps it grow a little yeah, bit. Yeah. And that is a fantastic thing for everyone except for Jordan. Uh, mm. Boys, how is everything going in uh, in Colorado? Go- stuff is going. Things are happening. Uh, this is a crazy week for me. I've got. Um, uh, my final of the six kids the final kid. is graduating. So we've got all kinds of, you know, like this ceremony. This is the white rose ceremony. This is the, uh, they're just at this point, they're just inventing crap for parents to have to do during yes. these graduation weeks. And it's kind of driving me crazy. It's like, just graduate already. I, I know when I graduated boys, it was just like, my mom bought me a keg of beer and like my friends <laughs> and we just sat in the backyard and we just drank a keg of beer. That was it. That was all we had to do. And, then, so- and then some old guy in a toga came through and chiseled your name onto a tablet. Pretty right? much. Handed that, handed yeah. handed that exactly. Yeah, that's pretty Sounds much. like that's from something. That's how it happened. I didn't know where you were going with that, but that was back when Christ it, was it, a small child it, and the yeah. wheel was new. Exactly, yeah, yeah, Scotty. Yeah. Exactly. Let's call him old, Rob. Let's call him it's on brand for it. Now you I thought know, it was going to be like an Animal House reference that I wasn't going to get. That's what I was thinking. Actually, they have I've never seen of, Animal House. I haven't either. They have a ceremony when, like, they you know, so this is the last time they're going to get out of their car at the high school. Everybody, needs oh my god! <laughs> it's like, all right, just let's just get wrap this up and then get wrap it up. Be wrap it up. Yeah. You know, for those awesome. like for some people though that didn't have you know half a dozen children, literally. You know, they, that was actually important because well, you know, yeah. there's one, two kids. But by the time you get to the sixth, you're kind of just like, I'm over it. Well, you know, here's the thing is I can remember just when the Chloe graduated a few years ago, there wasn't like they're, they're adding stuff at a, a exponential pace. Jordan, I can't keep yep. up with the stuff. My mom, uh, my mom homeschooled us all starting with me in fourth grade. And so she, this is her 26th school year. And yeah. she's done it. Now she's done. Yeah, still twenty-six over. years of school. Empty oh, nesters can, coming up, boys. Can, wow. Can 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 we give a round of applause to April Gatorson? Yes, Good job, yeah. April. Yeah, yeah. Just, cheers to twenty-six thanks, years Mom. of not only mothering but schooling. Crazy. Uh, Huge dealing with these guys. I mean, yeah, I know. With can you imagine the whole time? Can you imagine, Robbie? Robbie, just imagine. Whatever it is you're going to say, I'm no is the answer. Try to imagine (laughs) April dealing with Jordan on a daily basis at home, trying to keep him (laughs) in in check. That's literally it's literally torturous. I can only imagine as as a. I can only imagine as a smaller child it, it was worse. Yeah. Uh, oh, yeah. Well, was, uh, yeah. Far yeah, less restrained, this, maybe. Yeah, yeah. Uh, this is the matured version. He didn't. Ha- he didn't have a soundboard then. That's the one. <laughs> <laughs> for, for those of you uh, just uh, just tuning in, uh, and we've talked about this a little bit before. We get on about you know half hour beforehand and uh, shoot the breeze, as uh, as the kids used to say, and uh, give Randy a hard time about one thing or another, and. 
uh, I complain about something, and then Jordan just really just starts screaming. Yeah, that's it's like much it's like actual literally. screaming, and then he puts mm-hmm. like this is not a, I'm not exaggerating. Am I exaggerating? No. I gotta bring you guys back down to earth. Let you know that like she's like wildly screaming. You know, just a crazy. I've hung, up, I've hung up and threatened to like not come on the air if he won't. I stop think that's it. why he still does it. Maybe so what you're actually, saying, Randy, if you said so you loved it, maybe you know, he wouldn't like, do it anymore. They, you know, you know how they invent these like conditions that people have, like oh, like this kid has. ADHD. This kid has uh, what else? This kid has uh, OCD. This, they, like somebody needs to examine Jordan because I'm sure. What do I I'm, got? I'm sure there's some sort of <laughs> no, thing. We there's can, a there's an undiagnosed yeah, l- l- like he, situation going he's on. He's on the spectrum, right? <laughs> he's on the spectrum. I've got like uh, <laughs> perfection CD. I don't know what mine's called. Oh my gosh, <laughs> on the spectrum. All right, boys, what yeah, are we doing tonight? Uh, <laughs> So, uh, uh, <laughs> all right. Anywho, um, so yeah, so Jordan screams a lot, but um, yeah, you guys don't, you don't have to, uh, you don't have to sit through that. But uh, <laughs> please, please, please stop. Uh, okay. Uh, <laughs> so tonight, Robbie, I believe I, I'm so bummed. I missed the the show last week. I had oh, a, a good I, one. I had a, I had a, a work Golden trip State Warriors to, game. Uh, I had a work trip that I had forgotten all we about. We saw you on TV, dude. We, we saw we you on TV in the handicap <laughs> section. We know, we know, you, just admit it, we know you were there. And you guys lost. I could so, even tell you, so, I could uh, even well, tell you what you were wearing. Was show. it worth it, Randy? Was it worth it? Well, you know, I considering it was the end of the season, it kind of actually ma- made it a, a little bit more important. I love that you were actually right about that. You came up with that theory. Uh, this is right. <laughs> so, um, but, well, they actually but, won yeah, that game. Yeah, but you lost yeah, the yeah. game. Yeah. Right, but, but then well, we right. never got to, a chance to play at home again. Um, so anyhow, the um, uh, no kudos to you guys. Thanks for covering. I heard you guys did a, a great show with Unicorn Cigars. I was super bummed to miss that, but yeah, I'm dope. excited to get back on track with segment two of season six as we continue on talking about beer trends, Robbie. Brewskies. We are uh, we're drinking some beers today, Randy. We are going, and this is, this is what happens when... Uh, you give, I mean, we've kind of, I say we, I mean, I, I kind of gave Randy like free reign to come up with the beers for this, this segment, because frankly, this is, I mean, this is what you do. You're a professional. This is what you do. And, uh, I was channeling so Stephen A. Smith right there. Oh, okay. Did you get that at all? No, no, no. no it just sounded uh, weird. Anyway, I was I going like, but, um, <clears throat> so Randy has come up with all these kind of funky beer styles that are, you know. Somewhat new, somewhat been around for a while, but they're all kind of trending in the same direction. And this week we're going with with Kettle Sours, Randy. This is going to be this one's going to be tough. This one's going to be tough. Mm. But one thing I want to point out, and we didn't really point this out beforehand. And so Randy posts his picture. We we all have a little text thread. We were sharing with everybody with each other what we were drinking tonight. And I've got a Kettle Sour and Eric posts their Kettle Sour and Randy posts a Kettle Sour and a Goza. And I'm like, dude, what are you, what are you doing? Like, why are you posting? Why are you drinking a Goza? If I knew we could do Gozas, I would have. There would have been a thousand beers for me to choose from. But Goza is, I mean, Goza. The, one of that beers did say Goza on the can, did it not, Randy? And Goza it is a does. kettle sour style it beer, right? Is. Well, you could have let us. I, you could have let us yeah. know this. I, there was like I think, ten thousand beers at the liquor store that said Goza on them. Got it. There's one. Um, so, 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 so we'll, we'll we'll go through this and talk about it a little bit uh, more. All gozas are kettle sours. Not all kettle sours are gozas. Oh, oh. my man. 
My Tell man, he, he, after he ripped me apart on the text thread, he actually like Googled it and was like, oh, I'll be dead. I did. That's 100% what happened. I was like, what the hell is this guy doing? He's just making up rules. But how would and we know this? Because like, I, I actually have three, I have three Gozas in my fridge. But it, then I went and spent another twenty bucks in this four pack, so I could nice. make sure that I was, you know, nice. going with hey, the right you're, style. You're, you're, you're keeping the industry uh, robust and, and, and uh, you know, buoyant. You're welcome. And I, and job, I appreciate job well done. Job yeah, well I appreciate done. it. Yeah, so so I, I so let's just jump right in. Um, I, I it, it is apt to say that all gozas are kettle apt. sours, but not all kettle sours are gozas. Goza is um, is a German style of, of beer, classically. Um, Known to be uh, between three and a half and four point two percent alcohol, it traditionally um, Goza and Berliner Weiss are are kind of the first ever kettle sours. That, but does it uh, Goza with a cigar? Ooh, uh, uh, um, <laughs> I'm here. See, we, I'm here. I'm here to try something so much better. Like we had yeah. all the branding. <laughs> Randy screwed I'm, up. I'm, 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 that's what we're here to find out is can you find mm, a way right. to pair this because it is, it is pretty unique. And, and to Robbie's point, you know, the first two uh, episodes of this segment, we focus on um, very new styles, especially with the cold IPA. Now, that's going to be the biggest one, uh, in my opinion, that you guys are going to see uh, show up on the scene over the next uh, 12 to 18 months that uh, every brewery in America is going to be working to create a cold IPA. So that's brand new. Uh, Italian Pilsers, as we talked about two weeks ago, they've been around for a few years. They've had somewhat... Um, mm, moderate uh, success at like kind of gaining uh, traction in the mainstream. And, um, and now the next two are going to be styles that we have known. We've actually covered here on the show before, but uh, Robbie said it perfectly. They are now in trend and that's why we're kind of drawing attention to them as um, I do genuinely believe you're going to see them more and more frequently, not only at your local breweries, but at, um, at your local uh, you know, retail stores in general. And, and just to give a little bit of, of, of context here, uh, a kettle sour. So, so let's just real quick, uh, real quickly um, define kettle sour. Um, when, when you hear of a beer being sour, there's really two uh, main ways that it's soured and that um they, they're both through uh either bacterial or um wild yeast fermentations taking place um typically as a secondary fermentation in addition to the uh traditional yeast fermentation um and so goza and berliner weiss where uh, have been around for a couple hundred years uh coming out out of germany um, as kettle sours. So uh, it became really popular here in America to do barrel aged sours and Belgian sours are t- traditionally always barrel aged sours. The d- so there's a few different differences. Obviously, uh, you think of something going into a barrel, you think of oak flavor. Traditionally, not really the case. You're usually only putting beers in a barrel once it's become neutral. So it's already been used by a bourbon distillery it's been used by a gin distillery it's been used for uh barrel aging a a stout potentially uh and then only then or or a wine instead of the, the the way i just described it so it's already been used for some other product so much so that all that that the tannic uh vanilla 
barrel, you know, burnt character has all been spent. It's all been basically um, uh, absorbed out by the previous liquids. And so by the time a, 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 a sour beer is getting put into a barrel, it's typically neutral and you're not really getting much of, uh, of that charred oak characteristic. But what you do get is this great environment to uh, harbor uh, micro or organisms and environment that you can kind of control and that can evolve within your brewery uh, to kind of a house flavor. So uh, what you would typically do is you put your beer into that barrel and you inoculate it um, primarily with lactobacillus, which is uh, uh, it gives a lactic acid uh, result to the fermentation. That's that really tart sourness. There's a couple other things. You got Pediococcus and Britannomyces that are also can be um, commonly used in Pediococcus, the... Pediococcus, that was my nickname back in college. Uh, those are usually thought of in, in barrel age where you get like more of a barnyard and a ropey um, kind of burlapy um, kind of funkiness, that sweaty horse blanket. That's not what we're covering here tonight. Those are barrel-aged sours. A kettle sour is literally just lactobacillus put in uh, for about a 24-hour period at, a, at a, a heightened temperature of somewhere between 95 and 105 degrees. And, uh, and it, again, will create that lactic acid sharp bite. And so uh, let's just talk real, real quick about how we perceive um, acidity and sourness, those are the same thing. A lot of people don't understand that those two words are completely interchangeable. So when, when you're talking about a sour beer, it is a highly acidic beer. And so it has a very low pH. We're talking in the, the 4.2 to 4.8 range. And just th those uh, numbers alone like really make a big difference about how sour it is. You're only talking about one, one and a half um pH lower than um, the neutral and and it starts becoming very 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 sour and so uh, when these really started becoming when American kettle sours uh, which is what I really wanted to kind of focus on why I didn't name Goza specifically even though Goza absolutely will fit the bill especially because most of the American made Gozas that you find today are kind of this American imperial version of um, and they really aren't that similar anymore like i said the, the traditional ones were like three and a half percent you know today they're coming in at four four five to five five uh, traditionally um so the american sours they're, they're very fruit focused uh so most of them have a, a, a fruit inclusion um but everyone was afraid of the word sour when these really started coming to american breweries and you'd hear people refer to it as a slightly tart um, because they felt like from a marketing standpoint, calling something sour would uh, actually be like a negative connotation and people would be less willing to try it. And I think, you know, and, and we've done this with Eric, you know, Eric's, you know, originally wasn't much of a, a fan of sour beers uh, in general. And I think it's one of those things when you first taste it, it catches you off guard. It's much more acidic than anything that you ever drink um, in in any other beverage uh, experience. Um, but as you drink through it, you, you absolutely become acclimated to it. And then once you start thinking of it as one of the five tastes in a, as uh, acidity, then you can really start getting into how to pair with it, how to um, either counter 
that acidity so you have a less sour taste or um, or just find something that it just has this great counterpoint with um, so we'll, we'll we'll go through we'll talk about our pairings and, and see if any of us figured out a way to pair uh, with what we're drinking since um, my, my trusty counterpart has apparently taken a, a, a potty break um, I'll go first here and uh, um, I can and, be really quick <laughs> and say that uh, I'm drinking a, a locally brewed um, uh, kettle sour from Morgan Territory Brewery. This is called the Glorious Guava. This is actually a rotating series for them. So they have a, a constantly rotating sour and they just use different fruits each time. So I think Glorious Mango is one that I've tried. Um, I forget what the newest one is. But you'll notice that a lot of times they'll use tropical or other um, acidic fruits to continue to like really enhance some of that sourness. So you see tangerine, um, raspberries are very acidic. Um, but but if, if you were to Google acidic foods and take a, a look at the list, it might actually help you to like have positive flavor memories of foods that you do really enjoy that are that are more acidic. It might help you kind of mentally come to a place where it's like, okay, actually I do like sourness. The raspberries are my favorite fruit and they're they're one of the most acidic. So um, so I'm I'm drinking the glorious guava from Morgan Territory and I am smoking um, I wanted to go with something that pairs well with acidity, uh, which would be sweetness. Um, and so I am smoking the uh, the Aganorsa Leaf Cigar Dojo Reviver. Um, mm, volume, vol- yeah, volume two. This is uh, jam packed with uh, Jalapa Corojo and is, um, you know, we've often talked about this. You know, Eric and Jordan kind of developed this and, and asked for. Agnorsa leaf to deliver the sweetest uh, Corojo driven uh, cigar that they could. So um, I'm going with sweet as my pairing uh, element. All right. (laughs) Is that it? Is that it? Anything else? Um, I, uh, Randy, in a stunning turn of events, am also drinking a guava centric uh, beer here, if I can. Get that to focus. Guava Dreams by Del Cielo Brewing. Mm. Also, yeah, Del Cielo Brewing. Just right down the road here. from you. Yeah, just down the road. I, it's, it's so hard to do this when I can't see my face. Anyway, uh, this is from uh, Guava Dreams from Del Cielo. Uh, they are here in Martinez, California, just down the road from me. Uh, this kettle sour features guava. Uh, I don't know if this is a rotating series for them. I've seen this beer for... They had this beer last year as well, so I think this has just been a very successful style for them, this particular beer. So I think it's just an ongoing one for them. Maybe they do it uh, seasonally. Uh, checks in at 4.5% ABV, and it's uh, it's got it kind of has like a guava color to it in a stunning turn of events there, Randy. It's kind of nice looks like texture to that. Mm, yeah. Oh, both yeah, of those, yeah. Kinda, yeah, they both look, look the same. Yeah. Robbie's looks no. a little so, thicker, like a little, or a little cloudier, I should say. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. It's uh, it's a very, very tasty beer. I, uh, Randy, I kind of went in a very similar direction as you, but I went with a an Ecuadorian Connecticut-wrapped cigar uh, from our good friends at Patina Cigars. Uh, this is from my friend Mo Malley. I don't know why the camera is not working for me today. Uh, come on. Get up there, baby. Focus. You can do it. Anyway, it doesn't really matter. Uh, This is the... Hide your face. uh, Hide your face. Did that work? (laughs) No. No. (laughs) That's right. Just go ahead. 
it was worth a shot. Uh, so this is from uh, Patina Cigars. This is actually the original uh, release back when uh, these cigars were made at uh, Casa Favilli. Um, oh, nice. And the, that known from uh, the Mombacho fame. Uh, there now, his uh, cigars are now made at Noxa. A very similar um, blend on this one. I think in the new version, he's got some... Um, Connecticut broadleaf in the filler. It's not in the filler on this one. It's Ecuadorian Habano. Um, and he says Ecuadorian Habano. It's Ecuadorian Connecticut. Um, <clears throat> it's Ecuadorian Connecticut over uh, Nicaraguan. Uh, Get it together, Mally. And, Come on. Yeah, yeah. He just he, he was. I, I texted him because I I didn't even know I had these cigars. I found half a box sitting in the back of my humidor uh, while I was looking for something uh, to smoke this week. But uh, I went with the sweet. This has got a little bit of sweetness on the on the uh, palate. It's got some creamy texture to it as well to cut through some of that acidity. Uh, that was my goal uh, with this pairing. Boys, uh, what are you guys uh, drinking back in the dugout? All right, so uh, back in Colorado here, uh, we're all drinking the same thing. We're not all smoking the same thing. Uh, we did go, we did find a kettle sour, which is from Toppling Goliath Brewing. And by the way, look at that. By the way, uh, this is in is not brewed a great, is, not a great can design. is brewed in Iowa. Iowa, that's interesting, right, uh, Robbie? It's an Iowa um, brewery. You don't hear that a ton. Uh, maybe you do. I don't. Uh, but anyways, I, I, it's it's pineapple, papaya, fandango, and it's a kettle sour. Um, it, by the way, it's it's really good. Like I've been drinking this. this really good. Yeah, it's one of the better. Like sour beers I've ever had. I do love the name of this Toppling Goliath. It's a cool name. Not a great, um, only uh, not a great can, as Jordan no, it's said. Not a great can. Not a great can. Just a touch of tartness. Like it's, it's barely even tart. Now, one of the things, oh, Randy, really? is interesting about this is they make a big deal, or not a big deal, but a kind of a big deal on this can that this is non filtered. It's a non filtered beer, but it's not very hazy either. I mean, nope. it's fairly mm-hmm. clean uh, looking. Uh, beer very and juicy very sweet barely tart so i decided to go with uh so i was thinking like sour you're gonna get like a, like a vitamin c sort of flavor so i went with the espinosa laranja um i gotta say um these new laranjas that you get are a, a much darker wrapper i don't mm-hmm. know if they had a hard time finding the lighter wrapper jordan you remember when they first made these they said they gave the darker wrapper it was a um what was, was- they went to Cornelius and Anthony. Cornelius and Anthony, they made a cigar for wow. them that had the same wrapper, but it was a darker wrapper. Right. It almost looks like that's the wrapper that is on this uh, new version of the Laranja. But I got to say, this Laranja is excellent. It tastes phenomenal. It's going great with this beer. Jordan, what did you decide to uh, I, uh, pair with? I was debating how to you know, pair with this, and it was obviously difficult for everybody, but I kind of clued into the funkiness. Um, so I went to Casa Cuba from uh, Fuente. Uh, so this was like the last cigar that Don Carlos blended Ecuadorian Havana wrapper, Cuban seed, uh, Dominican binder filler. Uh, so we'll see. I was, I was just kind of trying to clue in with the, the funk and the, and the sour together. All right. Uh, real quick, studio audience, I know you guys want to – what did you guys pair with your, uh, with your kettle sour, Scotty? Uh, so I'm going with the Guardian of the Farm Cerberus. I was hoping mm. some of the spice notes would actually be able to cut through. As it's going right now, the beer is running over the cigar. Okay. I can barely taste it. All right, Maddie, what did you decide to go with? Uh, I was too afraid to try, so I just <laughs> kept smoking what I was smoking, which is just a, a Perdomo 10th. 
champagne. Oh, that that might work. Though. There you go. It's pretty yeah, good. Yeah, it's yeah, a pretty yeah. good choice. All right, it's, boys. It's funny. It's it's funny how. Sorry, Eric. Uh, no, you go ahead. Uh, Matt's like I was just afraid to try, so I just picked something. <laughs> like in, in a way, that was that was kind of how I started trying to decide. Like I didn't really decide what I was going to smoke uh, until um, <clears throat> until today. And like I said on the on the live, that Randy will come in and he's going to try to make it sound like his pairing is the best, and he had all these reasons for coming <laughs> up with the pairing that he did. But he's full of it. It's just there's absolutely no way to 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 correctly pair with this because it is uh, funk on top of funk on top of sour on top of fruit. Um, but I almost uh, wanted to beers, go acid on this thing. Yeah, that would it's you know why not just layers upon layers. Right. I I was going to go uh, total opposite end of the spectrum, just like. Heavy Maduro Lajero mm, bomb yeah, and just I thought of that too. And, and just kind of crush it like maybe zig while you guys are all zagging. Um, but I chickened out and uh, well, not really chickened <laughs> out. I just got really excited when I found these patinas because I remember this cigar having a nice sweetness. And to me, I just thought this isn't. So one of the things with kettle sours, uh, Randy, I don't know how much we want to talk about this, but uh, one of the things that a lot of breweries will do is they'll add um, <clears throat> lactose to it to add a sweetness to the beer. So you have a, like a sweetened, sweetened kettle sour. Uh, so I liked the idea of adding some sweetness because it just brings another level to, uh, to all of the flavor. That was kind of my thought behind that. Um, but I mean, we don't really need to go into lactose too much because none of us are drinking anything with lactose in it. Sure. But, but uh, well, I will say just really quick, it, it makes sense. You're, you're right. So you can get more of like a, a sour milky, uh, note from having lactose lactic acid is also uh, acid found in uh, milk and so there is like some synergies there um, lactose not only is going to add well it's not a ton of perceivable sweetness it adds a lot of body it adds a creamy kind of um, it gives you more of a silky mouthfeel you know we talk a lot about lactose being used uh, in various styles to um, really emphasize the mouthfeel but um, so again, I chose to go with the the glorious guava. But I did bring to to Ravi's point. I, I I had a goza on hand, and I just wanted to touch base on it because one of the beers that it, it really has popularized uh, goza in America is uh, Dogfish Head Sequench Ale. Here we go. Uh, Sorry, I got really excited. I got you guys all got your cameras to work, and I couldn't, so I was feeling boom uh, inadequate, maybe. Uh, so uh, um, nothing new sorry, there. Um, I had to, so, I had to cut you so, off. So there you go. You so, so what I find more common that, um, breweries will add to, um, give a more uh, amazing kind of flavor experience with these beers is, uh, either sea salt or San Juan sea salt specifically. Um, sea salt actually adds, um, uh, electrolytes to to mm. to the equation as well and so um the sequench had had been fe featured uh in men's health magazine as um as the most refreshing beer in the world and they did a lot of science on it and um because of the laws uh that govern alcohol in america post prohibition it's literally it, one of the like uh, the, the concessions that was made to to get alcohol legalized again is that um, it's illegal to ever say, make any health positive health mm. statements about beer. So you can't call it healthy, which is why we adopted the like, <laughs> yeah, the the the. <laughs> Nice. It's <laughs> really nice. um, so why we adopted the better for you because you can't actually say 
you can't actually say good for you. Uh, so we, we say better for you because it's not explicitly saying it's good for you. Right, 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 to, right. According to, you know, prohibition. Randy, Randy, just real quick, because um, what you're talking about, I'm just curious, because I've wondered this, what what essentially is an electrolyte? What is it? A uh, electrolytes are, are, are salts. It, it, okay. It's something that helps you to absorb and and hold and retain uh, hydration. Basically, oh, okay. it's, it's why when you're hungover, they say you know drink electrolytes. When you're if, if you have a baby and they're they're dehydrating because they're vomiting or they have diarrhea, you give them electrolytes and it stabilizes um, your hydration level by by and, and so just by adding salt to your system, you're able to hold and retain moisture without it just completely coming gotcha. out in your sweat or anything else. So. so like Fancy word for salt. Basically, I, I mean, the, the, there's other um, electrolytes in the family. Like, like, I think they're basically all in the salt family. But it's it's just a way to stabilize your hydration. Um, but gotcha. but by doing that um, and by creating this all this attention to it, it really created a new trend in in um, in kettle sours. That like once you really attach that um, that refreshing. Uh, note to to the conversation. Mickey Peg in the house. Um, <laughs> you know, so Peg! think th think lemonade. You know, I, I said there's not a lot of uh, acidic beverages that people are normally imbibing in. The most acidic beverage that most Americans are going to be familiar with right off the top of their head is lemonade, right? And so, what do you do to make a great lemonade? You add a little bit of sugar to it, right? So, you, like just like Robbie was saying, you want a little bit of sweetness there, but that tart refreshing character just i mean for me there's no better option during uh, you know uh, summer months than you know cracking up in a couple of uh, of low abv high acidity gozas or kettle sours to really like kind of uh you know keep yourself relaxed and cool and refreshed gotcha all right that's cool yeah that's good info. you know all of this mindless rambling about beer reminds me of something though. what Randy! That's right, Dojo! Flavor Odyssey is taking you back to our roots, our origins. Hell, we're going old school and taking you back to some of the best beer pairings we're excited about today with all new school beer styles in our newest segment, Beer Trends. Now, whether we are sipping on high-octane barrel-proof spirits, neat, shotgunning Montucky cold snacks, sipping tea, or mixing up some mocktails, you know that we will be pairing with world-class cigars from our friends at Smoke In. Smoke In consistently strives to offer cigar enthusiasts the best possible buying experience. This includes industry-leading customer service, fast and affordable shipping, consistently affordable pricing, and access to the most sought-after cigars on the market. Smoking's knowledgeable staff is ready and waiting to aid you in your quest of finding the perfect cigar. So, check out any one of their 11 brick and mortar locations or find them at smokein.com. But the truth is, cigars and beverages aside, we would not be able to be here with you each week if it wasn't for the incomparable support of our show sponsor, Drew Estate Cigars. Drew Estate, 
the brand that brings you some of the most delicious cigars in all the world and has a portfolio that covers the full spectrum of flavor. So much so that they have a cigar for every smoker and every occasion. Please support everything Drew Estate does by following them on all social media platforms at Drew Estate and ask for them at a brick and mortar near you. Boom. Fantastic. Hey, guys. Brandon's um, reading them stinking reads. We're back with Flavor Odyssey, and I got to just jump in real quick because uh, we have none other than uh, our good friend Mickey Pegg just he's, popped he's in. Rifling he's through currently the rifling through the fridge. <laughs> he's rifling through the fridge. Uh, hand him the microphone, Scotty. Uh, sure. uh, can, can Mickey, he's can going to have to lean in. Mickey, we want to welcome you. You've never been on a Flavor Odyssey episode before. I've been on a lot of Odysseys with you guys. You've been on a lot of Odysseys. Never flavor Odysseys, late night Odysseys, late night karaoke, (laughs) one man karaoke Odysseys. We are very, very honored to have you in studio for Flavor Odyssey. I know this is probably the greatest moment of your life. It it is. I I get giddy. I was giddy the whole way over here. (laughs) Giddy. All right, there you go, Robbie. Uh, Mickey Pegg in the house for you. Hey, everybody. Mickey, grab a beer, man. We're keeping we're keeping the man from his beer. Come on, it's a, a rookie move. Randy, you you th- those are the best commercials in the industry. Oh, oh, those there's, those there's might no be question. the best. Hands those down. might be the best reads on any podcast ever. Mm-hmm. I I read them, uh, boys. I, you, I read them. You, there's no doubt. Them we still reads. haven't done. I I want to do a Spanish one, and like I'll have subtitles going. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah. yeah. I'm, now I'm, 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 I'm all in for it, Robbie, Randy. Um, uh, we have built this particular show um, all week long as the most challenging pairing. Mm. I mean, I think you could probably put this in the like a Bloody Mary category uh, mm. of, of a very, mm-hmm. very difficult pairing. What makes the sour um, such a difficult pairing with the cigar? You know, as you're as you're thinking of of the cigars. And you guys know more than I do what sours taste like. What is it about the sour that makes this such a tricky pairing? Well, Randy, I'll go first if you don't mind, because you'll have like a, a scientific, like real answer. And <laughs> I, I'm gonna, I'm gonna give, I'm gonna give you all the like the answer that that my 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 heart my heart and mind tell me. Um, these kettle sours can be so tart, yeah. And to me, tartness just runs over everything. Like uh, Scott was saying, and the uh, the cigar, and I, now I can't even think of what the cigar is that you're smoking, Scott. That was like my second choice. I had it in my hand. I almost smoked that cigar because I've never actually smoked it, and mm-hmm. I wanted to just grab something, and anything to smoke. And, I, and then I looked it up, and I thought, nah, maybe not. Um, <clears throat> but I, to me, it was I was worried about just the sheer tartness, not the fruit. The fruit doesn't bother me quite as much because you can. You can maneuver around the fruit, right? You can go guava and then like we did. And then maybe you go with some kind of uh, like a, a heavier chocolate or something like that can go really well with that. Uh, that works just fine. But to me, it's just that bright, like stinging kind of tartness. But Randy, as you said, the more that you drink it, <clears throat> it's like with anything else, uh, the more that you drink it, the less tart that it gets, less mm, perceived right. tartness that you have. Right, like you kind right. of your palate kind of acclimates to it. Right. And I'm and the cigar really is starting to shine. I'm actually kind of surprised at how good this is. I Robbie, thought this was just kind of like sorry, I thought it was just a shot in the dark, but it's it's actually turning out to be pretty damn good. Robbie yeah. could I think that's a pretty good t shirt idea. You can maneuver around the fruit. <laughs> 
I think that's a pretty yeah. good. Can so yeah. can one of you audience guys keep track of all these things that we say? Yeah, yeah. And someday yeah. when we're like ready to do a T-shirt, we can come to you and say, like, "Oh, it's one of those crazy things that we said." I know. Well, I, there, I, I had this deal over. the other day. It was like fourteen bucks on for it. one custom shirt, and you know you get it sent to you. And I texted the group, and Eric was like, "Yeah, I don't know what you're asking," and because there was a lot of type, there was a lot of typos in my text. I went back and read it. I was like, "I don't know what I'm asking either." If I read that. Um, but I just wanted to get something and put it on a shirt, hashtag, I almost said hashtag mouthfeel. And then I ran out of time in the deal. Ended. But now, if some, if someone had that list, yeah, we, we could, need that that list. we could reference a that, lot would of be, crazy that would things. be beautiful. Now that was a great answer, Robbie. Uh, what do you, what do you think Randy of, of what Robbie just said about how, uh, it's a tricky, it's a tricky pairing, but your, your palate starts to acclimate as you're smoking. I think there's a lot of truth to that because I'm sort of experiencing that right now, uh, what he just said. Yeah, 100%. So um, so first, first and foremost, you know, if you're looking at what pairs with uh, acidity, if you're talking about foods, uh, you're looking for sweet and you're looking for fatty. Um, so, so sour beers with, um, with heavy cheeses, um, you, you know, breeze and goat milk cheese, um, uh, stuff that have that like deep funk. Um, sour is great at cutting through some of those characteristics that can really linger and be heavy on the palate. Where for me, where uh, I agree with everything that Robbie said, I really like the way he said yeah. it. Yeah, that's I, it. I, I, I'm done. I, I I mic the, drop. I, I retire. <laughs> I think the palate acclimation is is a big piece of it, um, but for me, what really drives home why it's so difficult with cigars specifically is intensity. And yeah. we, we started this whole show six seasons ago talking about the primary um, kind of point to finding a great pairing is matching intensities. And so, well, you can find things to counteract or enhance uh, acidity. Uh, you, to find it at the level of intensity that some of these American sours are uh, can be difficult. Like I said, you know, I went with what what it, we know you know, in my collection of cigars. I would say is probably one of the sweetest cigars in in here, and the level of sweetness is all relative within cigars, right? Of what what's not sweet at all to to very sweet. Um, it still has a hard time matching the intensity uh, of the beverage. So, um, so, it, uh, and, and then, and then fatty is never something that you're going to find in a cigar. So, so that's one of the big things. And we talk about that with IPAs as well is, is, is you find, you find, uh, characteristics in a cigar. But again, since you've just got the, the smoke on your palate versus liquids, you know, touching every single taste bud. To, to match that intensity can sometimes be difficult um, for me. Um, so I'll, I'll, I'll pivot from that straight into talking a little bit about my pairing. Uh, for me, I'm finding the intensity of this Reviver uh, Volume 2 to be plenty big enough that I don't feel like um, I'm completely washing away all the flavor of the cigar and that that's where i would say it's completely running it over is if i get a mouthful of smoke and i'm getting all these great flavors from the uh, nicaraguan jalapa tobacco um the uh, and and then i take a sip of my drink and it completely gives me the, that uh, palate cleanser and i don't taste the cigar at all anymore that to me would be running it over um right. I'm, I'm finding that enough of this the flavor of the cigar is still um still lingering still part of the flavor like combination after i take a sip which tells me that my intensity is where uh it needs to be for this to be able to hold up and for me to be able to really compare the two 
Now, yeah, um, it's. Oh, sorry. Ahead, I just want to. No, no pick, go ahead, Robbie. Piggyback yeah, on uh, on Randy's point there. Yeah. Um, I don't know if we've ever really talked about like the best part of the pairing. What mm. when when it's when uh, when each individual component is sitting on your palate, right? Like, mm-hmm. is it best when you're taking that puff of cigar? Is it best when you're retrohaling? Is it best when you're mm. you take a sip of the drink and that's sitting on your palate? Is it best right after the drink? Um, for this particular pairing, and maybe I've never really even thought about it in those terms, but with this particular pairing, just like Randy said, after the sip of the drink, and when everything is on the palate, the, 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 the fruit, and a little bit of that tartness is still lingering, and I still get that sweetness and the, the creamy character of the cigar, that's the best part of the pairing, right oh. after the sip of the drink. To me, that's where it's, everything oh. is elevated. Like the puff of the cigar is good, but the cigar is highlighted. The sip of the beer is good when the beer is still in your mouth. It's good, but that the beer is highlighted. At after the, the everything is after the sip after the after you swallow the beer that's in your mouth, the uh, the flavor that's left on your palate is the highlight for me. Uh, if if I can just give uh, a word to that for everybody watching, is a big word that we talk about in pairing. The finish is mm-hmm. what. You just reference and describe. yeah, but there, but it's, there's but there's there's a finish on each side, right? There's a finish from the tobacco. There's a finish from you know when you exhale the the uh, tobacco or the smoke from your mouth, right? So there's kind of it's multi finish. Mm. Well, that, and that's and that is that's what you describe. It, it, it's like where, where they're both <laughs> sitting there. It's that lingering finishing characteristic that you're left with yeah. after you've exhaled, right after you've swallowed. It's it's that, and that's that's what you really want to go for. Is, is that yeah. like when you're sitting there afterwards and going, "How well did that pair?" That's where you really like can determine did that work well for me or not. Now, it's, um, and it's just funny that I, I'm noticing. Sorry, Eric, I keep cutting no. you off. No, but I'll be done after this. It's just funny uh-huh. that I'm noticing it so much on this, and I think it's just because when the, that beer first hits your palate, it is really intense. That mm-hmm. that even though I'm halfway into my second one, and it's delicious, and it's not as tart as it was, it's still pretty intense right off the bat. So once that kind of mellows, and then both the flavors get to meld together, they do pair really, really nicely. It's I'm kind of stunned, frankly. Yeah, yep. uh, I got I got to tell this really quick story about. <clears throat> this beer because um Randy this segment is emerging beer trends right and right. when we were at Mile High um that's our local place which has a, a fantastic selection by the way it's a great little local shop if you're ever uh Dojo Studios and you want to find crazy German beers or crazy beers from all over the world these guys have pretty much everything but we were looking for this beer Randy and um we asked the guy, we're like, we can't find any any kettle sours. And um, the guy literally says to us, he says, oh, th- that's that's a, a style that's fallen out of favor. That's literally what he said. Now, <laughs> I, I just want to I just want to bounce it off you because we're yeah. talking about emerging beer trends. Right, Was right. this guy way out of line? Because I, I trust Randy. I trust your vision of beer more than anybody in but, the world. But then he did kind of say he led that into like now it's more like fruited, and and I was like, well, yeah, that's what we're looking for. Like, I, I'm am I into the fruited kettle sour? So let's talk about this as an emerging beer trend. Right. Is is there versions of sour that are emerging in your mind, or or what are we what are we talking about here that's emerging here? Yeah. It, so he was not incorrect. As I, as I said, this was a style that, um, again, th- this was really born from, you know, brands like Cantillon and um, mm. 
and, and La Fontaine from, from Belgium, where this funkiness was, was part of it. And it was just, um, it, it, it's classic style. It's not really for everybody. It's, it's a lot of intensity. It's a lot going on. Uh, goes great with cheese again. Um, and then the American uh, sours started coming in. But, but again, people, breweries were, um, <laughs> breweries were afraid to call it a sour. Mike Harvey, because, that was hilarious. Good comment. Trending up, trending down. It's still a trend. Well said, Mike Harvey. <laughs> uh, the, uh, but, th but that's the thing is like, so, so it's not a new style. People, uh, breweries have been trying to come out with them for, for a while. I used to sell Lagunitas. They came out with one called Aunt Sally. They literally changed the packaging from calling it a sour to a tart ale um, because they felt like p people uh, weren't giving it a, a, a chance. And they, everyone believed like if people just tried it and got out of their own heads on, on the word sour, um, it, it would probably be well, more well received. And so it had kind of fallen out of style, but as more breweries, you know, the one that uh, that Robbie's drinking right there, they recently won uh, GABF medal for that beer. Uh, I was just going to say that a twenty twenty gold medal for this one. Yeah, it, it, it's you know adding the fruit, you know, giving that guava characteristic, and then just think about everything else going on uh, in beer and what our palates are acclimating to. That you know, it's only been say ten years or so that. Hops from the southern hemisphere have been driving this tropical uh, hop characteristic uh, in our beer. So we're getting more accustomed to having papaya and guava as part of the flavor uh, profile of beers that we drink. And so now as, as you kind of pivot back and, and, and retry that sour and it has mango and papaya and pineapple and the one that you've got. Right. Um, all of a sudden now, just as a, as a beer drinking community and culture, we're more... We're more accustomed to those descriptors and those flavor uh, contributors in our beer. And so I think um, it's not a booming style. It's not in, in, in a huge trend up, but, it, but I'm definitely noticing a lot more breweries feeling comfortable that they can bring uh, one of these to the market and find a, uh, a consumer base that's going to make it a decent business move. So, yeah, no, I, and here's another, here's another part of why I believe it's back in an upward trend again. And again, it, it was up, then it was down, it plateaued. I believe it's coming back up again is, is again, I talked about a couple of weeks ago um, is we are finally starting to see, some uh, some hop fatigue and some IPA fatigue mm. in beer drinking uh, uh, categories, um, where IPA is actually where where it's still the most sold style in America for the first time in 15 years. It's actually on a downward trend. While total beer is still up, IPAs are down a little bit, which is giving an opportunity for some of these smaller styles. To, to be uh, like a nice, safe landing place for people that usually just drink IPAs all week long. And they think, okay, I'm, I'm all IPA'd out. I'm all hopped out. I need, uh, I need a, 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 to reset my palate. I need something different. This gives you a really like juxtaposed, very different experience in your beer drinking um, to, to kind of pivot to. Even if you want to come back to IPA, it's, it, it's such an extreme like uh, you know, difference from from a hoppy beer that um, that it's it's Rob, trending up. Wait, Rob, well, hold on, yeah. uh, uh, real. I don't want to go too up, too far off on a rabbit trail, but Craig Lee said, "GBF, what's that, Randy?" 
Oh my goodness, the Great American Beer Festival is America's largest ticketed event. It takes place in roughly late September to October every year in beautiful Denver, Colorado. Yeah. It is the nation's largest beer competition and largest beer festival at the same time so anytime you've ever seen a commercial whether it be miller light or del cielo brewery out of martinez california if they're talking about we won a gold medal for ipa or for sour uh gabf is kind of the standard for uh competition for commercial uh breweries in general so the great american beer festival is you, you know we do look to that as there it's the largest competition so there's hundreds and hundreds of breweries that submit their their sours so for um for del cielo which is a really tiny brewery near ravi's house there's still one gold <clears throat> Yeah. yeah, they went up against Toppling Goliath and Tripping Animals and and New Belgium and every major brewery and and, right. and, and there's one you, you know that was a super hyper popular uh, sour mm. back in the day from New Belgium it was called La Folie. Now that was a barrel oh, yeah. age, more more like a Flanders red and a traditional Belgian well, style. Well, that's what I was gonna. Uh, you might have covered this in your long diatribe that you gave, and I was <laughs> too bored to understand. But like it to me, like when I see a beer that says sour. At the liquor store, that imply that is different than a kettle sour. Like kettle sours, to me, like convey sweet and sour, and just like a crooked stave sour is like that's actually tart. Like that's the real deal. I don't know. Right. Is there something? Yeah, there yeah. So, 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 no, no. Yeah, yeah. It's barrel aged or kettle. Those are the two mm. major classes uh, of sour. And so, I guess I didn't really get into like some of those characteristics. So not only are they using additional. Um, bacterias and wild yeast to drive that funkiness that, that you're used to from the more like traditional bear, uh, Belgian style sours. Um, it, it's also aged much longer. It's usually a higher ABV. It's allowed to get that micro oxidation, which um, just gives a, a little bit more of a nuanced characteristic as it sat in the porous uh, uh, oak staves. Um, so these and, and the price point is usually going to distinguish that for you because if, if you had to f pay for a barrel fill a barrel and let it sit for eight months before you packaged it you've invested a lot more uh time and money mm. in into the creation of that where like i said a kettle sour is is regular brew but an extra 24 hour um, sitting time in the in the kettle and so uh, breweries are able to actually produce this level of sourness um, in a much more rapidly, make it more of a, a mainstream uh, production uh, uh, product in general. Uh, and, and, and so, so yeah, you, you do find a, a pretty distinct difference. If, if you look at a, a Russian River uh, uh, sour, like a consecration, uh, you're talking about a 10% uh, uh, one that was made aged in a wine barrel so it has right. this like cabernet like <clears throat> characteristic so typically when you do barrel aging even though i said that it was neutral from the oak you'll often get remnant characteristics of the previous beverage that was in there so if you're barrel aging uh usually a a, a white wine um barrel is going to be used for a blonde sour and a red um for a darker sour uh, so when you talk about the brewery, Jordan, you and I have talked about the brewery out of Placentia uh, a, a ton with, you know, Tart of Darkness, which is a rye um, black ale, sour aged in a red wine barrel. 
Right. You get that whiny characteristic from the wine that was still uh, residually in the in the oak and kind of seeps into the beer and kind of so you, they are much more complex um, and they're not nearly as tart. But those they don't ones have that aren't sharp sourness. Say something on the bottle that conveys that, like kettle sour. You're just going to see kettle sour or sour, right? Like those are the two kind of terms. Yeah, yeah, it, it, because especially because Barrel of the age, price point. Yeah, yeah, they're going to say wine uh, in wine barrels. They're going to make some reference to that barrel um, to give you the understanding of why the price point is what it is and to understand that you're going into this with some level of complexity. Now, Rand, yeah, uh, Robbie, they're not mentioning the barrel. They're uh, they're doing it wrong. Robbie, uh, I got one last thing for me. One last question that I think the audience might be interested in. And I'm going to uh, present this to you, Robbie, because you've been in the cigar industry for so long. Randy made a super interesting point a few minutes ago about sours, and he was—he sort of made the comment like, I, I, "I know you've heard this phrase before. You can't get there from here, right? Like you can't get there from here." And what R Randy was saying about sours was, we've become accustomed to um, these flavors—pineapples, guavas, mangoes—in IPAs, and so now we're now we're sort of liking it in these sour beers because we we got. We had to go through the IPA phase to get to what we like in the sour. We might have not have, we might have not have been able to get there from there. We had to kind of go through that phase of IPAs. My question to you, Robbie, is: Do you see that same thing happening in cigars? Like, I, you know, I, I can think of some examples. Like, you know, would would a uh, a really strong Connecticut have been popular? That um, they're so popular now, right? Stronger Connecticut's are so popular now, but it took, you know, going through the cane doubly harrow sort of phase first, and then it's like, oh, we now we love this, well, you know, lihero forward cigar, but now okay, now here it is in a Connecticut. Do you see like a parallel to what Randy said with beer? Well, yeah, absolutely. It's I mean, really, you're talking about the evolution of the consumer palate, right? right. It's the I was expect I was expecting some oohs and ahs when I said that actually. <laughs> uh, Ooh, uh, thank you, thank you. Hashtag. Uh, hashtag. Um, no, I mean it's 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 the same with with uh, if we're talking about hops. Randy talked about hop fatigue and and, and that's a real thing. And I think that uh, you know IPAs are, are you know they're here for good. But it's it, it, oh here's a good example the the uh, the sixty ring gauge yeah. was kind of something that. Uh, it, it popped up and it was at first it was kind of I, I don't know it was just kind Gimmick. of like a way to get yeah kind of gimmicky maybe but you know get more bang for your buck and then all of a sudden now it's you know we always talked about oh it's a fad it's a fad it's a fad it's going to go away and now everybody's got a 60 ring gauge and it's been around for what 10 years or whatever the case may be so um, we wouldn't have gotten to the 60 ring gauge maybe without the nubs mm. um, from uh, from right. it, Oliva did the nubs right um but uh, yeah, so I think it's, it's but when you talk about like the specific flavor components, yeah, I mean, it, it's the evolution of the palate. Like we wouldn't have gotten to, um, you know, the uh, the uh, what's like what's one of the stronger cigars on the market? Jacob's Ladder is one that pops into my mind. That's a really you know strong cigar. We wouldn't have gotten there without like a double Lajero from LFD. So it's it you know, you don't really. It's just that evolution of, of growth in the flavor choices. Like we would never have gotten to triple IPAs without right. the uh, Sierra Nevada Pale Ale. Agreed. 
You know, because yeah. I mean that I remember when I first had that, it was like, God, that beer's like a friggin' meal. It was just it was the heaviest and it was it was just so different than anything else. And now you drink it and it's 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 still a good beer, but it's pedestrian from uh, from those yeah. standpoints. So it's right. it's the, the palate. We, we find something that we like and we're like, ooh, well, then where can we go from there? And then right. with these and we've also been kind of blessed with small breweries and also small cigar companies that are, that can take some some kind of chances and do small batch runs of different things. And maybe that's probably more bigger uh, cigar companies that, that are more vertically integrated. But the point being there, you can take these chances on, on uh, consumer trends and kind of try to predict where they're going and maybe in a way even kind of guide them through the products that you're making. Um, so I think it's a long winded answer. I don't know if I really answered your question, but I do see no, yeah. those corollaries. Yeah, for sure. Do we have some audience pairings? Jordan. Yes, we do. We got a, quite a few, actually. Uh, Randy Harrison's drinking uh, Woods Boss Brewing Company Fruit Flash, which is this kettle sour using all the berries and smoking rare leaf. Uh, the beer and cigar cancel out the mustiness funk mm. and get some of the sweetness and tobacco from the cigar. Uh, using all the berries. I like that. It's, all yeah, that yeah, berries. I like it. it's like, like yeah, they're getting more clever with like the way that. they describe it on those beer cans. Um Mike Smith pairing a crooked stave. Ooh, this is uh, real sour. Mm. Sour rosé with the uh, Ashton Classic. Ooh, that might be a little much. Uh, I'll just start with the fact that I'm not a huge fan of sour beers, but the wood and raw cinnamon along with the clove and leather retro helves Ashton pair nicely with the raspberry and blueberry balsamic bite of the beer. Balsamic? Three-quarter up for him. Um, Mike Akins, hmm. he's got a Spanish Marie fruit punch sour. This looks and tastes just like a fruit punch pairing with a cube arte. I actually thought about mm. the cube arte for this pairing. It sounded like it would work. Surprisingly good pairing. The beer brings out a pronounced hard candy flavor to the cigar. Mm. Um, Jimmy Burster. He's got a cross-reference from Millhouse Brewing uh, in New York with Undercrown 10. The brew is soured mm. with raspberry. Uh, it sounds like it would be good. Matches perfectly with the cigar. Chocolatey coffee notes uh, are pairing great with the raspberry. There is a nice hint of pepper and spice. I was afraid like the cigar would overrun the beer, but it's uh, like eating fresh raspberry tiramisu. Interesting. Um, we got Craig Lee. He's got a Sober Mesa Brulee with a, a Holtz, Holtz Lager Brewing Company Berliner style kettle sour wheat ale. That's uh, a Basic, basic, basic. Con- oh, basic. He's got basic Connecticut flavors with a subtle creamy sweet notes, ju- uh, uh, jousting on the palate with sour notes. Jousting, jousting. jousting. Yeah, I like that. jousting. I, that gets extra points. Jousting onto the palate with sour notes hitting different parts of the palate, uh, combining both in the in the mouth at the same time gives a faint lemon pudding note, with long lingering wow. tartness. Ooh, dang! You might have. Clinched me with that one. Uh, that description was Whoa. insane. Uh, Kevin O'Connor's got uh, Tilted Barn Sunrise Oversea as a local and uh, Crown Heads uh, Sumato and C Major. Notes of cream, hay, dry fruitiness, salted peanuts, and green pepper. Mm. God, all of those sound Dang. pretty good. Jeez, are, yeah. Those yeah. are all really, really good. I'm, I'm, I'm impressed how many people I know. got so, the right has- types of beers. I was more. just going to say, I'm actually, I've, I've never been more proud of our studio audience. <laughs> I know. And I know we <laughs> talked about like coming up with a name for this group. Yeah. We, and there's there's some new names in there This that we have to, like, they get, uh, what, what, do you, what, do you, what happens Robbie, when maybe, you... 
Maybe we, we just let to... Jordan finish with the pairings. <laughs> two more. Talk, <laughs> two more. more. Oh, I thought you were done. My bad. <laughs> two more. Mm. I don't know how to say his name. Tawan Smith. Uh, he's got a beer from the Bronx. Sour Indian IPA mm. uh, with the Viaje honey and hand grenade. That's an old one. Uh, my taste buds are being challenged right now. But halfway mm. through the cigar, the bit of spice helps me to deal with it. Okay. Uh, we got Nathan, Nathan Stewart. Nathan. Uh, Camacho American Barrel Age with Dogfish Head Sequench Ale. Uh, being mm. familiar with the Sequench Ale, I wanted a cigar that I thought wouldn't be overpowered by such tart beer. Honestly, I started with a terrible, terribly bitter combo, but now that my uh, palate is used to it, it's still a little bitter. There you go, Robbie. <laughs> there, Robbie, Robbie, there you go, buddy. Exactly what you said, Robbie. So no, yeah, that was me. that's what I, that's. But I, no, I think, like said, you said, he it's said just it's, kind now of his palate's used to it. It's still. It's still the same. It's still tough. It's still tough. It, but and and you know it's that's one thing with this with this style and the same thing when we talk about IPAs. The level of bitterness you're getting from an IPA, which makes it difficult to pair, is going to change from beer to beer. Mm-hmm. Uh, and the same thing with kettle sours. Some of them are going to be more fruit forward. Some of them are going to be more tart. It all just kind of depends on the specific right. beer that you're having. This one that I'm having here today is kind of balanced between the two. It's not overly tart. Mm-hmm. It's not overly fruity. Um, so I think in a way it works really well. I could see some going in the opposite direction. But again, super proud of the audience. Yeah. Super what do you guys think? Yeah. What do you guys think? Are, are you any kidding? Jump the, out the, at you? The, the sour custard comment, the jousting comment, like mm-hmm. kudos to everybody. Tiramisu. Somebody dropped tiramisu. I yeah. like that. So, so I, I just got to say, I hope everybody is enjoying um, the, the pairings and where we're going with, with what we do with the show as much as we're uh, enjoying your descriptions of, of your efforts at the pairings because that really was fantastic. Um, I really I, I got to give extra credit also to the Cuba Arte uh, mm. uh, contestant yeah, because, I, you, know, you know, as I was just saying, I tried to grab. The sweetest thing in my in my box. I didn't even think about my acids. I wanted and to go to the Kubar too. Yeah. yeah, that's a great that's like a great idea to really try and bring a higher level of intensity of sweetness to try and match. Yeah. Um, but that would for, be more for, for like the crooked stave or like the bear like the, the um, barrel the barrel the, aged the, the Russian River one that you mentioned earlier. Like that, the Kubarte would pair it with that. I think. Yeah, you know, Cubarte and Consecration would be uh, – is, is that's an exciting idea. I like that a lot. Uh, my vote is going to go with um, – is actually going to go to the Tiramisu mm. um, contestant. Can you put that, that one back up? Let me uh, make sure I got the right one. There. He paired, paired with the uh, the Underground 10th. That's oh, right. that was Jimmy Burster. That was one of my yes. favorites. That was my favorite, too, with the raspberries. Yeah. Yeah, you're ta- you're talking about a cigar that like describes itself as, as bringing a Mexican chocolate, uh, you know, character yeah. in the cigar, pairing that with, with with some acidity and some raspberry. I mean, that that just it sounds like freaking dessert. That sounds mm-hmm. uh, like that that is, um, yeah, that's got my vote for sure. My my vote as well. All right, there you go, folks. Uh, Jimmy, you have bragging rights uh, for the week. I. I thought I thought Jimmy uh, Jimmy stood out to me as well, and so did Randy Harrison's the very very first one. And but, Craig Lee, uh, great job, everybody. That was yeah. that was a good Go. job. So <clears throat> let's get you guys' thumbs up. Your final uh, opinions. We'll put up some votes here. Uh, what did you guys uh, remind everybody what that you had um, so that we can do the vote? Go ahead, bro. Uh, you want me to go first? I am smoking the uh, kind of OG Patina Connecticut here. Hello. It's not going to work. I couldn't get it. To no. Hey, look at there it is. Hey, hey, oh, uh, this uh, look at that. You can even see the band. I dig those bands. But this is uh, from our good friend Mo Malley and Patina Cigars, um, uh, Connecticut, Ecuador uh, rapper. Um, 
Nicaraguan binders and fillers, and I think there's some broadleaf in there as well. And I am drinking the Guava Dream from our good friends at Del Cielo Brewing just down the street. Uh, this brewery's been around, Randy, for like five years, maybe six. Mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. I think they opened up just uh, just a bit before COVID, uh, maybe two years before COVID, and uh, and were um, strong enough to keep their doors open, and they've been doing some good things. So I uh, really wanted to feature this particular beer. I'm stunned by this pairing. Uh, Randy, I was just giving you crap all week, and MF and you, and you weren't around because – this is just a totally difficult pairing. I was I was in my own head. I didn't know how it was going to work. And uh, honestly, this Connecticut brought in some sweetness, some creamy texture, a little bit of cream flavor on the profile as well. Goes super good with almost kind of a nougaty situation with some of this uh, some of this guava and the tartness. A little bit of white pepper spice on the retro ale kind of clears everything out. And as I was saying, the, Randy calls it the finish. We got a couple of finishes here. Uh, again, there's a joke there. I'm going to leave it. But um, <laughs> the uh, the the finish for me just really tied it all together. It was I, I was much better than I thought it was. I will give it a very surprised thumbs up. Wow, there you go, thumbs up from Boom. Robbie Raz, uh, one of the. One of the studs in the cigar industry since 2012. So there you go, thumbs up from Robbie. Randy, what are you, what are you thinking? So uh, I again, I paired the Cigar Dojo Aguinaldo Leaf uh, collaboration Reviver Volume Two. Um, this is not only um, the sweetness, and, and and again, pairing with a locally sourced uh, Morgan Territory Glorious Guava. Um, uh, the fruitiness is, is pretty abundant in in the beer, along with high levels of tartness. Not only am I getting this great sweetness from the reviver that is uh, really complementing that um, that acidity quite well. The reviver has this great toasted bread characteristic, along with some some nice baking spices. But um, that toasted bread with the guava almost kind of like brings me to a Smucker's jam on a toasted piece of bread kind of note, and and as I kind of exhale, I that this like fruity bread uh finish uh as well and and then you know again the acidity the intensity is not overpowering the cigar in any way so this was a an enthusiastic thumbs up for me i'm I'm really excited about this one wow that's crazy guys think about this we went into this episode um billing this episode as the most challenging pairing possibly that we might do all season long and both of you guys Gave this a thumbs up. Now, Jordan, before before we uh, reveal any votes or anything, let's just uh, real quick in the studio here. What did yeah. you think of the pairing, Jordan? Uh, well, the beer was insanely good. I would drink this any day. Uh, way sweeter than I was anticipating. Uh, I guess I should have just like looked into the kettle sour style a little bit more. But I, w- I was anticipating like adding a bit of like uh, Dominican funkiness to the sour. I was anticipating a little bit more tartness. Um, but in reality, the, the cigar ended up just being kind of a neutral component and the beer just overwhelmed. Um, and not, I mean, not in a bad way, like it was really good. Uh, but I would have, in retrospect, I would have picked like a more of a, a brighter kind of a punchier Connecticut or, uh, something with a bit more sweetness to it. Um, I can't, I would be like a, you know, like a medium guy. So because of that, I have to go thumbs down just because it's, the cigar wasn't contributing too much to the to the, the beer. Um, beer was amazing, but I'll go thumbs down on it. Uh, real quick, uh, Matt and Scott, uh, thumbs up, thumbs down on what you guys uh, It's definitely a thumbs down. The cigar is great. The beer is great, but they don't work together at all. 
Uh, Scotty, you feel the same way? I see you shaking yep, your head. Totally agree. I love the beer. The beer was good. I always enjoy this cigar, but they did not go well together. The beer ran over the cigar completely throughout. Yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna say the same thing as these guys. I, I love both components, uh, Robbie, Randy. I love I like the the beer was one of probably my best, my most favorite sour that I've had to date. I really really like this uh, pineapple papaya fandango. Um, from Goliath, it was it was great beer, and the obviously the Laranja is one of my favorite cigars, but I can't say this is a good pairing. I would have gone thumbs down as well, um, but that doesn't mean I don't like either one. I actually like both of them. I just don't I just don't see it as a good right. as a good pairing. So, uh, Robbie, Randy, are you guys ready to find out who won tonight's episode? Let's oh. do it. <laughs> That's how you're supposed to use that, Jordan. That's uh, the yeah. only time. Okay, okay. That's the it. Only time. I'm, I'm homing in on the correct way to do this. Uh, here we go, boys. It was something like this. Oh, wow. It must, have, it must have been almost identical on Facebook and, and YouTube then. It was. It was uh, 7624 on uh, Facebook, 7525 on YouTube. <laughs> so if you're listening on podcast, Randy took this one with a 76% to Robbie's 24%. I'm guessing that maybe had something to do with the Reviver as being a fan favorite. Um, I, I think that probably contributed to your win. Was that good for, too? Uh, Randy. Well, well, since I, I have a moment to do my, my uh, acceptance speech, um, the <laughs> Toppling Goliath uh, Fandango is actually a, um, a, a another one like the one I'm drinking. It is a rotating um, uh, different fruit sour. Um, uh, the distributor that I work uh, at, uh, Delta Pacific here in Northern California, we actually are the distributor for Toppling Goliath. And I can see um, we have a, a, a strawberry shortcake Fandango, a cherry Fandango, the pineapple Fandango, um, berry Fandango, Fandango. Um, it's, it's where you get uh, your movie tickets. Yeah, that's, <laughs> that's, right. that's, that's exactly right. The show. Uh, <laughs> but now I'm yeah, it's, guessing everything. It, it, no, it's it's a fun word. Uh, Tumbling Goliath is a, a powerhouse uh, growing brewery, and mm. uh, you guys got a good one there. But uh, yeah, super excited. Glad. glad um, Obviously, always happy to get the win. But I, I, honestly, I, I think I speak for both Robbie and I. It's more important for us that like, we introduce these flavors to you, these opportunities uh, yeah. for our audience to kind of get out of their comfort zone and try something new and find an aha moment in uh, on your palate. And, and, and as we continue to see our audience palates evolve. <laughs> and, and it's 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 funny because there was there was a comment and i can't remember who the commenter was but they were saying that my my taste buds are being challenged mm. and that is that's kind of the i mean the goal obviously is to end up finding a good pairing right that's where we end up want to end right. up but if we're we're kind of that makes me feel like we're getting people out of their comfort zones a little bit yeah and uh you know i it got me out of my comfort zone there it is it's uh, it's tuan uh my taste buds are being challenged right now um so it's I, I that to me makes me happy that we're we're trying yep. new stuff um this was a new thing for me i've never i've never i drink kettle sours all the time i've i'm a big fan uh i've had this beer several times Dang, they can be um, but, good. Uh, These are some seriously uh, good beers. Uh, I'll say it's, that. It's just it's perfect. We should have uh, a couple of cases of these in uh, in Vegas for PCA because it's going to be hot mm. as balls out there. Oh, yeah. And uh, Randy, you can take care of that. Um, I'll look, should, I'll look into that. <laughs> but <laughs> I've, one thing, one thing that codes. I think is one thing that I think is interesting though is that Randy, you and I both had guava, 
which is mm. not an overpowering fruit flavor right. uh, compared to pineapple. Pineapple is and a lot. What else, yeah. and, and what else was in yours? Pineapple and what? Papaya. Papaya. Papaya, too, is, is kind of a stronger flavor, too. So I, I wonder if there's some similarity there. I'd just be curious um, to to try uh, pairing you know similar cigars with your beers. I, I imagine we would probably come up with the same, uh, the same uh, outtakes as you guys. But another note on papaya, it is very, very good in a mimosa. Papaya oh, yeah. juice. Yeah. And uh, so no orange juice, papaya mimosas. There. You guys so Mike Hagen like says that he has to rethink sours now. Wow. See, this is this is boom. We're, we're we're changing lives, Randy. We're changing them one, <laughs> All right. one person at a time. <laughs> All right. So so uh, before we, we get into the rest of the week's uh, programming, I'll go ahead and uh, announce uh, for uh, next week's Wednesday uh, Flavor Odyssey, nine p.m. Eastern time. It will be our last episode of the Beer Trend uh, segment. We are going to stay on. on a similar path to what we did tonight where we're revisiting uh, a pretty well-known style but is back in trend and we're, we're going to be drinking uh an american stout oh. ne- next week um and, and we'll, we'll talk a lot more about it uh next week but over the last few years we've seen stouts really kind of take a back seat to a yeah pastry version of themselves and uh we'll get into what a pastry stout is we will not be drinking pastry stouts next week we'll be drinking american stouts uh an oatmeal stout or an imperial stout would would also fit the bill for next week's uh show so please go find yourself uh, a traditional stout and get ready for next week's pairing on flavor odyssey fantastic so we're we're not looking for russian stouts we're not looking for uh, foreign export stouts, no uh, Irish aged. stouts. We're looking for no no barrel aged stouts. We're looking for Stout. American stouts. Randy, can you uh, put you on the spot? Can you give us just a couple of examples that people would may know off the top of their head? Some commercial examples of American stout um, could include uh, Deschutes Obsidian Stout would be something that I would think Good is, is re- readily available. Sierra Nevada has a great classic American Stout. Um, trying to think of, of like Narwhal. Mass. Um, Nar- Narwhal uh, is an imp- that is a Russian Imperial. I oh, I'm going to yeah. go ahead and say I, I I'd accept a Russian Imperial um, as it is one of the classic styles. What I really want to talk about is. Uh, where we have gone with pastry and and now we're seeing a return back to just like classic beer ingredients um, coming from uh, having that those chocolatey and rich dark burnt and roasted characteristics coming from malt um, (laughs) where where where, yeah cocoa nibs even would be off uh, uh, off uh, script a little bit you know um, sprinkles and maple uh, you know bars and donuts Mm. added Um, what about old Rasputin old Rasputin is a phenomenal option crown heads le carême I'm I'm calling it right now that's where you (laughs) want to go I like it I like it all right so uh, yeah no that's good I'm, I'm just digging through here trying to look at uh, some other some stouts that are available. A lot of these have uh, different. They're chocolate stouts. They're coffee stouts. Um, so yeah. None so so do some do some digging. Yeah. Try to stay away from you know uh, any not adjuncts, Randy. Uh, flavor additives. Uh, let's try to uh, maybe we'll talk about the difference between that. Let's revisit that. That's fun. Yeah. I, I like to yeah. I like to 
That's we a definitely fun box for Randy to get. Out. Um, but yeah, there's there's uh, there's a lot of good stouts out there. It's and that's that's going to be um, that's more in the wheelhouse. That's there's a lot of different things that we can yeah uh, yeah that yeah we that, that's right? gonna that's gonna get open the doors wide open to a lot of cigars yeah. in your humidor. Lot, that, lots that of you're gonna find yeah. Lots of Maduros next week, I think. Uh, that's going to be a lot of fun uh, when it's 102 degrees out here. Randy's got me drinking stouts. Um, <laughs> no, this was that's good. And this was a lot of fun talking about these uh, these kettle sours, man. That was This was a good little ride. Uh, boys, what's going on on Smoke Night Live this Friday? All right, so uh, this Friday is Ava's graduation ceremony, so I cannot, we cannot do uh, Smoke Night Live this Friday, but the Friday after that, uh, Klaus Kellner will be on the show. Klaus is in session, He is opening his own factory in the DR, so it's going to be fun talking to him about what it takes to open a cigar factory from nothing. Wow. So uh, Klaus will be on the show uh, not this Friday, but the Friday after, boys. But what about Friday Night Herf? Are we still doing Friday oh, yeah. Night Herf? We always do Friday Night Herf, of course. I'll just have to uh, try to sneak it in after the uh, ceremony is over. You know what I'm saying? Well, it depends on if they throw some extra ceremonies in there. They're going to get yeah. red carpet before the exactly. ceremony. Uh, Ryan Seacrest is going to be there. Ceremonies. You know? <laughs> the, 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 the 360 cam to see what everybody's wearing it's gonna by, be uh, yeah by the time by the time i get to next wednesday i will be so graduated out that I'll, <laughs> <laughs> who knows what's gonna go on but thank you boys this was a great episode thank you so much beautiful beautiful this is a lot of fun thanks everybody for tuning in thanks to randy for uh taking us down this road it was uh this was a lot of fun man i i'm I'm. I, I think I'm no longer going to be afraid of trying to pair kettle sours uh, before this. I don't. I. I had never done it, and I probably avoided it on purpose. Uh, but now it might be something that I, uh, I try doing in the future. So even expanding uh, my horizons here. So I appreciate that. Uh, thanks everybody for tuning in and playing along. Uh, everybody have a great week. Stay safe. Stay healthy. Be kind to each other. It doesn't cost you anything. We'll see you next Wednesday as the Odyssey continues. <laughs>